Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome to the Mortcast. Before we get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee, beautiful lower downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, All-star festivities are going on right now, folks, right now. And uh, look, if you can make it down there, They've got a bunch of specials going on for the All-Star Game. Uh, get yourself in there. Other than that, if you're going to wait till after the All-Star Game, Blanchard is just the place to go. It's a beautiful part of Denver. The Dairy Block is dope as hell, as the kids would say. And uh, get that 2017 Cabernet. Uh, get some of their Pinot. Get some of their Shiraz. Uh, Syrah. Shiraz. All the, I don't think they have a Shiraz, actually. They got, they got some Malbecs. They got some Merlots. You know, the whole bunch of uh, blends. They've got some uh, uh, Rieslings, partnerships with Western Slope wineries. They've got whites. They've got, blend, you know, they've got, uh, they've got rosés. You know, basically what, everything you need. It is a wine bar. It's the best wine bar in Denver, right in the middle of the best place to go in Denver, the Dairy Block. Go to bfwdenver.com, pick yourself up some swag, or you can book yourself an appointment there an appointment, a reservation there, uh, if you are just want to like not have to hey, deal with the hassle of walk-up traffic. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com to pick yourself up some swag, order a bottle, get yourself a delivery, or book yourself a reservation there at Blanche Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Cop Podcast I sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Martin. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, during the off-season, I'm going to be doing podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And there's going to be Gen X movies, excuse me, Gen X show. I've got to get that out of my head, which is my, uh, my second podcast that's going to be posting every Wednesday. So, got three podcasts a week for me. Uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Be sure and subscribe to CSG Podcast if you haven't, and rate and review. And subscribe to Gen X Show, rate and review. Uh, we're going through a series on goth music right now that I hope that you will enjoy, and we're going to be doing even more kind of series on that. I, I'm really enjoying the possibilities right now. Well, as for today, i kind of been thinking about this. Um, the Nuggets, one of the Nuggets issues, and I've said this like the last podcast, the Nuggets issue where it comes to their series against the Phoenix Suns where they got swept wasn't that they couldn't defend. It was that they couldn't score. And not being able to score was their biggest problem. Um, Everything boiled down to Jokic, and they had no secondary offense. And... That has been a pretty consistent problem in the series that they have lost the last three years. How do the Nuggets remedy this? And one way to do that is to emulate what the Phoenix Suns do. And I never thought I'd see the day where I would see a team out 
running the Nuggets. And by, by running, I mean a quicker pace. Um, the teams that are succeeding, aside from last year's Lakers, which it's becoming more and more evident that the, the bubble um, uh, exaggerated things, I should say. Um, but the, 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 the way to do it is to kind of be faster and get your, get your team and your offense going before the defense gets set. If there's one thing that the Nuggets are awful at, other than, other than uh, you know, uh, Nikola Jokic's outlet passes, is that they are a terrible fast-break team. Terrible. And I never thought I would see the day. Now, there's a difference between, and there's, here's a little history here before I get to the rest of what I think the Nuggets need to do. A little bit of history here. The, the Nuggets um, of the 80s that are associated with Alex English, Fat Lever, Dan Issel, um, at the tail end of his career, you know, T.R. Dunn, uh, those guys, uh, one of the things they did, they weren't, quote-unquote, a fast-breaking team. In fact, that really didn't, they didn't really become known at that as a fast-breaking team until Paul Westhead got in. Um, their modus operandi was the passing game. Uh, very quick, short passes that had no, like, function other than to get the guy the most open shot. Um, that was that was kind of fooled people into thinking that they were a fast-breaking team, which they weren't. Um, they their their main offense was moving it around inside the circle uh, to get the best shot. Uh, this is pre this is pre over-reliance on the three-point shot. So the the Nuggets would, if, in fact, there's a video that I could probably post here, a play that against the, in the 1985 Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. It's a game two, and the Nuggets are just zipping the ball around. Um, and they really, that's how they got their offense. And it ended up in a uh, Alex English leaner uh, from the free throw line. But it was it was a it, it it was a perfect example, and I will post this. And it's um, it's just an example of how their offense ran. It was not it was not anything related to just running as fast as possible. Now that team, one of their big issues was the fact that they didn't have other than Tr Dunn, they didn't have a defensive stopper. And when they ran up against the Lakers several times, it just kind of got them. Plus, the, that team was constantly injured in the playoffs. Fat Lever in both 1985 and the 1988 playoffs was injured. Uh, and it, it kind of limited their ceiling, even though that 1985 team was probably the best of those teams, because Alex English was at his peak in 1985. Uh, you could argue the 87 team was the better of the was well, obviously had the better record. It was the number two team in the Western Conference, um, but they were also once again. Fat Lever was the basically the best player on the team by by 1988. Um, but one of their modes then, well, it was similar to the to the way it was uh, in the about 85. But what had changed was they were actually fast breaking more, particularly with the addition of Michael Adams. Uh, who was shooting above the break three points shots before it became fashionable, right? He was the hipster above the break three point shooter. Um, so anyway, that was different. And then you move over to the George Carl era, which is the other golden era of Nuggets basketball. 
When George took over in 2005, if people don't remember this, but that 2003-2004 Nuggets team under Jeff Bezdelic, Jeff Bezdelic hated, hated fast-breaking. And Kiki Vandeweghe, the Nuggets then GM, was on, constantly on him to get faster, just start playing faster. Uh, and Bezdelic hated it. And he didn't necessarily want a team that was a fast-breaking team. He wanted a team that was, um, you know, a, kind of a – he came up through Pat Riley, so that kind of tells you. He, just, he wanted a nitty-gritty defensive team, and he constantly clashed with Kiki Vandeweghe. When George Carl took over uh, after Bezdelic was fired and Michael Cooper was the interim coach in 2005, that he all he decided that the Nuggets needed to be more like his Sonics teams of the the mid '90s, which was uh, get out and break as much as possible, which really works in Denver. But what it did was it like they had no real offensive structure. Uh, George was a big proponent of random basketball. And what happened was uh, teams like San Antonio would slow him down and the Nuggets would have to work really hard to get a shot. And they wouldn't necessarily get the best shots in the world. So that really limited what they were able to do other than in the 2009. Now, here's the opposite effect. In 2008-2009, when Chauncey Bill came on, the Nuggets were slightly slower. They weren't uh, they weren't a walk-the-ball-up team like the Nuggets are now. But they were slightly slower, and Chauncey got them into offensive sets, knew how to get them basically from point A to point B, which is what they needed. They needed organization. And half-court offenses gives you organization. It gives you something to rely on when things break down. Uh, I always talk about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they were a fast team. Uh, particularly the first three Bulls teams. They were a pretty fast team. Uh, that re- Actually, they didn't really run a ton of triangle, but they knew how to run it when things broke down. So when they weren't able to get out, they were able to sit back, get into their triangle offense, and start going. Uh, the Nuggets never had that under George, uh, other than probably after Mello was traded. Uh, they were doing this... Uh, um, Kind of like a dribble drive offense is what it was called, um, but that's that's kind of a, a nebulous. That's a kind of a nebulous, you know, kind of offense. It's it, it's a little different. It wasn't technically a quote unquote offense. It was just an approach. I, I should guess you know, put it that way. Um, but the Nuggets really never had that. But they were a faster team, and they really had a tremendous home court advantage uh, that didn't really get it uh, any better than the 2013 team, which went uh, 38 and three uh, on their home court, which is pretty amazing. When we get back to the second half of this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about what the Nuggets can do. Now that I've given you the history lesson, what the Nuggets can do going forward on how to approach the offense and maybe adapt to the modern NBA while incorporating some Nuggets DNA into what they do. Now it's time to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, as I've said before, I'm, 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 I don't gamble, but I... My bunch of my friends do. In fact, uh, on an upcoming Gen X show, uh, my friend Pat, who also does CSG politics with me, he um, 
uh, is a big proponent of DraftKings Sportsbook, loves it. Uh, my friend Magnus uses DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, it's just basically the easiest way that you can like start to do this, even if you're a novice. You can go use DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's just it's just laid out before you. You don't have to be an expert, uh, and they've got a whole bunch of of promos and uh, other specials that you can take advantage of to really kind of if you're really reluctant to dip your toe into uh, the whole sports betting world, they really are the best place you can go to get yourself introduced to it and really have easy access to it. I, uh, you know, people I know love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of action. Uh, my friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $150 in site credits. That's right. Pick either basketball team that's still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $150 in site credits. Don't forget... DraftKings Sportsbook also also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $150 in site credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $150 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, the Nuggets need to get a little bit and sprinkle a little bit of their own DNA, their historical DNA, into their, their team. Um, this team gets stodgy, and you are relying exclusively on Nikola Jokic to pull your ass out. Even when Jamal's there, it devolves into the two-man game. And the two-man game, as Michael Porter Jr. rightly pointed out, probably used the, 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 a poor way of saying it and probably shouldn't have said it to the media in the bubble. But the Nuggets just become extremely predictable when they just devolve into the two-man game. And the Nuggets tend to get a little stodgy because they're a slow team. They're a walk-it-up team. They're a walk-it-up team almost exclusively to help their defense, by the way. This is not a, this is not a, we need to do this to get our offense set. This is a, if we don't walk it up, they're going to run it back. We don't want them taking the ball out of the hoop, blah, blah, blah. The Nuggets had an issue last year, and it got exposed again against the Phoenix Suns. And it was the fact that this team, when they faced a running team that wouldn't let the Nuggets set their defense, they were toast. And then Phoenix came along, did the same thing to a lesser extent. Um, I, I, that, that Lakers team, actually with Rondo on the court, tended to be actually a little faster, even though they were a slow team. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, but anyway. Well, the way the Lakers did it is probably a way the Nuggets can incorporate some of their own historical DNA into, into how they approach offense. Because I, one of the more frustrating things about this Nuggets team is that they are not only bad at running fast great breaks, they're incompetent at it. If Jokic is not throwing a... a 
you know, what amounts to a Hail Mary pass to someone streaking down the court, this Nuggets team doesn't get out and break. They're really bad at it. And you could tell they never work on it. You know, one of the things that George Carl would work on when he was coach was this team would come out and they would uh, fast break. They would learn how to fast break because that's something, believe it or not, you have to practice. And you could tell this Nuggets team never works on it. And this team becomes easily solvable when they don't have a secondary offense or they, they allow defenses to get set. And one thing they constantly did against the Suns was allow the Suns to set their defense. I said this a couple podcasts ago, and I'll say it again. The Suns did nothing unusual. There was nothing exotic about the, what Sun Suns did, either on offense or defense. They just ran it well. And one of the things you do against the Denver Nuggets is that you you basically break them to death, which is I've never thought I would uh, see the day where a team would outrun the Nuggets. And the fact that this team has no concept of how to be a fast team is, well, to me as a longtime Nuggets fan, offensive. And B, maybe it's a way for the Nuggets to take advantage of the greatest home court advantage in the NBA, the altitude in Denver. It is a crime, an absolute crime, that this Nuggets team does not take advantage of the altitude. Um, people have said, well, you make them work on def- uh, a team work on defense and uh, they will get just as tired. That is not true. That is not true. Uh, this team, some teams need to be run into the ground. Um, some teams don't. But it's lack of diversity that gets you. And this Nuggets team is not exactly diverse. This is not a criticism of Jokic. It's a criticism of their approach. Jokic can do whatever. And people who have said, oh, well, Jokic can, you know, they, we can't, they can't run because of Jokic. If there is any person on this Nuggets squad who wants to run, it's Nikola Jokic. He wants to be faster. He wants to be more free. He loves freedom. Speed means freedom to him. And for whatever reason, the Nuggets have just been a stodgy, slow, run-your-offense team for the last four years. And in order for them to maybe catch up with the modern NBA, they've already got a unicorn in Jokic. Maybe they need to just understand that they need to run a little more. You don't have to be the Paul Westhead Nuggets of 1990 to 1992. You do not need to be a a basically incompetent team like that was. That didn't play defense, and that was part of their modus operandi. They just didn't play defense. Um, You don't need to be that. There's extremes here. You don't need to be the 83 Nuggets that, you know, scored 100 and whatever points per game and gave up almost as much. <laughs> you don't need to be that team. You can be a good team that knows when how to run and still play defense. And this is where if I'm going to have a criticism of Michael Malone, it's that he tends to associate defense with points scored rather than defense with a pace-adjusted. And I don't think Malone's caught up to the pace-adjusted stats, which, by the way, Doug Moe was well ahead of everyone with pace-adjusted things. He was well He He understood that if you play faster, you're going to give up more points. So, because you have more possessions. But maybe if you get Malone, you don't have to get him to Doug Moe territory. 
get him to adjust his thinking just a little more, just a little more, just say, okay, we need to start getting uh, at taking advantage of teams before they get their defense set, which is key. The Nuggets team probably will have the offensive diversity to start coming because the Nuggets have an efficient and well-run offense, and it's on, among the top of the league, but it's easy to bog down. That is not contradictory. You can have a great half-court offense and be easily bogged down. That is 100% not in conflict with those statements were not in conflict. You have to have a secondary offense, and the Nuggets is very clear in against Phoenix had no secondary offense. They they could have run Phoenix into the ground. They could have, um, but they they have a very slow walk it up approach, and never gave themselves a chance. And in the future, one would hope that the Nuggets would go out there and just understand that they need to give themselves a chance and therefore make things easier than on themselves, and other things will open up. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.